five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, now what I want to show you is something very, very, very controversial. You may not even believe it, but we're going to watch a video of Google Analytics looking at a specific website that has no traffic. Okay, no traffic. Watch what happens. It goes up. It pauses. It's got all different pages are being clicked. Active users. Look at that. Active users. 4,000 on a site. That's pretty good from zero. The title of this YouTube video is Tricking Google Analytics. And we're going to cover that later in the show. We're going to talk about what is going on out there. It's not even bots. It's so, it's so simple and so easy that if you're a CFO and you wonder if your marketing is getting doing its job or your marketers are doing it their job, look at this, 12,000. Look at how it pauses it, which is really amazing. Active users on the site. Well, how does it end up? Yeah, that's the end of it. Okay, so anyway, that is amazing. So what happened today? Oh, <laughs> in the continuing saga, Elon Musk puts down about $41 billion. You know, he has to probably has to break the piggy bank somewhere in that one, because uh, one of the one of my experiences in in talking with billionaires is that they don't usually have just have it sitting in cash laying around. But wherever he gets it from, maybe he had got called a buddy or two. Uh, he put down he offered fifty four dollars a share, which he said is fifty percent higher than what it was trading at when he started buying it last week. My wife said, why didn't you buy some? I said, I'm not going to buy Twitter. They kicked you off. She said, I know. He said, I buy ethical companies. I might buy it after he buys it, but then he says he's taking it pub private. So uh, his main reason, he, apparently he did a survey of his, uh, a, a Twitter survey, and asked if anybody believed that Twitter was, was uh, fundamentally for free speech. And everybody said no. I mean, how can you not say no? When they can ban a sitting president, they can ban, you know, they ban my wife. They ban thousands of people, thousands, millions, no, I don't know, but thousands at least. Uh, it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, that's that's not free speech. That's not how free speech goes. If you think that If you think that somebody should be banned because their speech offends you, you don't have a clue on free speech. Because no matter, almost no matter what you say, you're going to offend somebody, right? So if free speech's definition is inoffensive speech, then there's no free speech. And I don't know if people get that, but that is it. Free speech is the right to, to say something that will offend. That's it. It'll offend the government. will offend your neighbor. Now. Going over there with a rake and hitting him on the head, it's different. Very, very different. Somebody has. Now, and if you're in a mental state that offending you, you think is the same as hitting you over the head with a rake, then 
get off social media. Get off the internet. You know, I don't know where where you can go. Go out in the, in the country. Anyway, now I got to bring up something even more controversial. There was an there was an article um, that I tagged. I don't know if I can find it up here. Let's see if I can if I can get it if I can find it. Uh, it was basically saying that the internet grew the most in 15 years. It's up to 189 billion ad spend uh, probably per year. I don't see that. I don't see that link right now. Um, oh yeah, advertising age. Okay, so let's open that link and see if I can get it to come up. We only need the headline. I'm obviously doing too much today. Yeah, here we go. So let's go there. It says digital media. Digital media ad revenue surges to 189 billion, the biggest jump in 15 years. Okay, a new uh, a new IAB report details increase in digital video, audio, social media. Consumers' appetite for digital media grows. Advertisers are increasingly looking to get a share of the pie. Okay, and so it the amount of advertising dollars in major digital channels soared 35 percent from 2020 to 2021 to 189 billion. With big jumps in video, blah, 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 blah. That's up 12.2% increase in the year prior, making it the biggest biggest growth leap in digital channels since 2006, which is interesting because we were hardly measuring it then. And also, yesterday I reported that the growth rate had slowed. You say, John, you just haven't a clue. What's going on? Well, let's get let's get down to the bottom of it. Of course, that's what we want to do. We want to get to the bottom of what's going on. And it looks like I'm stuck with that thing on the bottom. Oh, I know how to do it. Fix that. There we go. So let's get over to see what Dr. Fu, Dr. Augustine Fu, has to say about it. And here he goes. He says, you want it, you got it. Here's the issue. There's only so many people in the world. There's only so many people on the internet at once okay at 189 billion we're spending like what four dollars per person all the time or something I don't know 40 bucks per person and they're not all on the internet so a hundred dollars per person per person human being on the on the planet and he says Fraudsters, a.k.a. entrepreneurs, will manufacture whatever you want to buy. So we've got this, we've got this desire to get in front of people, to get to get our website known, to get content, and or to make money. You know, I'm working with a website right now. We tried to get them in the mail to get real users, but um, instead they're working with a bunch of digital channels. And we're having, you know, we're getting really, really, really low response rates. But we're getting real people. And that's maybe the paradox. If you want real people, if you want real publishers where people actually pay some money to get your content, if you get those names looking at your website, you'll get very few. You'll get few people because they don't have that many subscribers. And you'll get, and you'll get fewer people 
signing up for yours because they already have content they're paying for. Okay, so Dr. Fu says, let's see if I can make this a little bigger. It's one of the problems with this with this particular app is it doesn't scale. It scales in big pieces and it doesn't scale in a nice way. Anyway, so um, fraudsters will manufacture it. Large quantities, what marketers want is large quantities of digital ads at low cost per thousand with the appearance of performance. And so entrepreneurs are producing counterfeit goods that look much like the real thing. Dr. Fu is basically arguing that a significant part of an ad buy, if you're using the typical way that that digital media is bought, is completely fraudulent. That the traffic on the site that you're buying, the statistics from where you get your names from or where you get where you place your ads, the number of visits that you that you're told is wrong, the number of clicks is probably wrong. And he gives you fantastic in-depth at how this is manufactured. The old days, they used to manufacture visitors first. They would get they would get bots, and all a bot was was a was a, a cell phone. You've seen probably pictures of cell phone of cell phone farms where they're where they're just banks and banks and banks of cell phones plugged in, and they're running little apps, and the little apps are going. You know, USA Today, ESPN, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever it is, whatever you want, ding, 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 and site ABC. ABC is fake. Nobody visits site ABC, but the bots visit the other sites, and they look really compelling. I mean, it looks like they're bouncing around. Then, of course, then, then... There were visitors, lots and lots of visitors to the site. Why don't our ads get any clicks? So they had the bots click the ads. And when they started, the ads, the, the bots clicked all the ads. They went around and clicked all the ads. And if you looked at the reports, it looked obviously fake. But assuming that not everybody that visited the site was fake, but maybe they were. But, you know, let's say it's a legitimate site that just wants to boost their traffic. Then, uh, you know, their click rate might be 9%. Uh, but they're here. We have it right here. Okay, their overall click is nine percent click-through rate. But every one of these ad, every one of these uh, of these ads is getting a hundred percent. Every everybody that visits clicks that those ads a hundred percent. And uh, Dr. Fu says, if you look at the details, you can find it. Okay, so then people started looking for that and. Uh, they and so they they started deciding that when bots just showed up and clicked the ads that they were probably fake and so then they said well let's only look at let's only look at at you know if, if they're not moving their mouse around the page and clicking on some other stuff and visiting and maybe click some multiple pages then we'll we'll know they're bots and so they wrote better programs some some of the programmers. <laughs> Would actually trace, have the mouse trace pictures of things to send the message that this is a, a bot, but you're not going to catch me. My goodness. Okay. There was a case, in fact, where two bot companies sued each other. 
Curteo sued rival Steelhouse, and then Steelhouse sued Curteo back, and uh, they sued each other for being so unfair with the amount of click fraud they were doing. What they were trying to do was, you say, well, I'm only looking for, um, I'm looking at the at the attribution of the sources of who clicks. And so what these bot companies would do is try to flood your site with clicks, so many clicks that no matter no matter even if somebody really clicked your ad, they'd sneak a click after it and claim the attribution. My word. And so Dr. Fu explains how click patterns can spot the bots. I didn't understand that, I'll admit it. You might want to talk to Fu Analytics about that. Um, so, so then fake traffic. So some advertisers want traffic to their sites so that they can sell that to, to, uh, advertisers. You know, they don't care about the traffic. They just care about it looking like there's traffic. And basically you're buying wholesale traffic, buying bots and selling it as legitimate people traffic. And so Anyway, obviously, it's way in-depth. I've got it all highlighted for you. Get over to WDMA.org, and you can and you can read the whole thing and uh, massively interesting how to click it but or how to stop it. But basically what Dr. Fu says, the way, I mean, there's, and there's, and there's fraudulent invoicing, there's fraudulent posting of ads, so they're saying they're posting an ad, that you owe them money for. They're saying they get clicks that you owe them money for. None of it might be happening. Nobody's checking. They're even claiming sales by flooding your site with with cookies or flooding your site with uh, other clicks and other bots. You're getting the sale from other sources, but they're going to get credit for it. What's the alternative? Stop for a while. That's how Uber discovered it. That's how Procter & Gamble discovered it. The other thing is, do some mail. Mail has to be delivered to an actual household. And it has to be looked at or it piles up. And it's looked at by a decision maker because you don't let your kids decide what mail to throw out, right? There's probably only one person or maybe two in your house that goes through the mail and throws it out. So it's a, it's a decision maker. You know it's getting delivered. My word. And you can actually find out what the marketplace wants. So... Let's go over to Craig Huey, who says, direct response copy tip. Testimonial trap. This is really interesting, I thought. Make sure your testimonies are working for you, not against you. Let's evaluate the too perfect testimonial. I know you want testimonies to look sharp and feature good-looking, smiling people who are perfectly articulate in beautiful language. There's a problem. It looks fake, and your prospects can sense that. If your testimonials are too perfect and appear too good to be true, your prospects will assume they're scripted. You know, back in the days when I ran whitetail.com, I would always leave the spelling mistakes in. I was always use the real pictures. And one of the guys now says they're too they're too junky looking. <coughs> well, I got a lot of comments saying that they obviously were authentic. So, if they're too scripted, You've destroyed all the authenticity you work so hard to build up and maintain. Instead, wholeheartedly embrace your raw, unedited testimonials, warts and all. 
You want your prospect to know that these are real people who genuinely love your product, not hired actors regurgitating a sales pitch. Use real photos, videos, even if unflattering ones, and absolutely do not edit what they say. Testimonials aren't <laughs> testimonials aren't intended to be high literature. They're meant to sell your product organically. A poorly written, disjointed sentence or video sounds more real and provides more credibility. What great wisdom there from Craig Huey. Thanks, Craig. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Stop the digital. Stop it all. I used to say, let the mail ride along. You know, you can still test mail while digital is floating around in the breeze. No. If you're a CFO listening to this today, stop. Stop for a week. See if you're still billed. It's like the lady who turned off everything electric in her house and the meters still kept running. That's what you're facing. You know how to spot embezzlers. That's what you're facing. Have a great day. Bye-bye.